Hello and welcome to another um, Leadership and Construction podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And today uh, I'm joined by Tom Forster, who is the founder of Be Meta. And we'll, today we're going to talk about mental fitness. Uh, I'm really excited about this conversation. I've, I've, I've been fo- following you for quite some time now on LinkedIn and, and B Meta, which is quite a, a new company, I think I'm right in saying. Correct, yeah, that's it. And, 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 and you're based really around mental fitness and, and specifically mental fitness in the construction industry. But before we get into all that, let's just get a little bit of background behind yourself, how you yourself got into construction, um, what was the highlights of your construction period and and what led you to founding be meta yeah sure um so like you said my name's tom founder of be meta and we are a mental fitness company um it says it just there we're on a mission to make mental health a positive conversation in the industry why the construction industry why mental fitness um i'll unpack that now i suppose i worked in construction i've worked in construction for i think it's it's 15 years, maybe even 20 years. I still, I still have um, some some hands in pies with some old clients and consulting work. That, um, so I, I still, I'm very much aware of what's going on inside the industry. But I started as an apprentice at 16. Um, always was fascinated by lighting and design. So I decided I'd be an electrician because I knew that you could do lighting design in there. The path never really took me down to lighting design, but I had a really good apprenticeship something I think is a great thing in the industry. I don't think um, it gets enough praise or attention. It's something that's big in our business. Um, We want to help support that over time as we grow. But I had a fantastic apprenticeship. Uh, Luckily, I was was in a great company where it was fairly, it was small enough to be noticed um, and you could get all the the time and attention. but not too small where you wasn't learning anything, it was only specific um, types of electrical uh, electrical work. I got to do a load of different elements, data, fire, um, electrical and mechanical elements, as well as containment, lots of different things. So I learned a lot, so much so, and I was always very keen. I decided to go out on my own at 22, um, bought a van, asked a couple of my mates, do you wanna go and do it? So we started doing it and we, we built up a little a little business it done pretty well and then then we hit a really good point um, where we, we we started doing that testing and testing in electrical you have to have a specific testing qualification as well it's 2391 it's probably changed now but it's a seating guild it's very um it was very prestigious it still is prestigious now but we we went and got that and won a testing contract and that was incredible uh, i ended up having 12 men working for me by 25 and Whilst it was incredible from a financial perspective, it was horrendous from a um, 
I wouldn't have not, I wouldn't have said it then. I can say it now, but from a mental perspective, running those guys, um, I had men that were 40, 50, being told by a 25 year old, you've got to do it like this, you've got to do it like that, uh, because I knew what we was doing. I knew what we needed to do. We'd had this prestigious contract. I learned hard and fast that I wasn't ready to be a business owner in the slightest. Um, the contract lasted about 18 to 24 months. Humble enough now to say we, we just didn't have the, the I didn't have the caliber of people around me or the leadership skills to even push it to the next level. Um, that left me with some scars, didn't like it. It was, there's cut, it's cutthroat across the industry. It's always historically been that way. But dusted myself off, went back to three of us and we went into, we diversified again and went into the renewable energy, in, renewable energy industry. And I had great success in there and I loved it. And I still love it now. Um, I still keep my finger on the pulse when it comes to battery storage, sustainability plays, um, and how the technology is improving constantly because it really is. Done that till about, well, I got to the age of 30 um, and the business was flourishing. We'd won some great contracts, prestigious in the London area. We'd, we'd done Greenwich University, which was huge for me. I'd always been, um, I'd always walked past the university, so no one going up in Greenwich. Just to be able to tender for it and win it was, that was a big moment for me. I loved it. I loved the fact we'd done that. Um, but then, so that was, that was, the career was, you know, highs and lows. It, I, I was always defining myself as a leader, as a business owner, um, which came with some sort of egotistical connotations, I suppose, around um, how I was putting myself out into the world in maybe social circles. I'm sure we'll dial into a bit of that, more of that later. But I did get, I did start to think, you know, I don't see myself doing this in another 10 years. And have I got the opportunity at this age with no real ties in terms of commitments through children and um, my partner at the time, could I diversify? I started to get a bit uncomfortable in meetings where, and what I mean by that is, it felt like I was just getting battered down for price every time when our whole thing was about quality um, and the, the best technology we can get to harvest the most power to produce the most positive results for the end client but when you work in construction you're not I don't speak to the end client I speak to maybe the subcontracting subcontractor because we was a really small uh, tight-knit band of, of guys doing our work speaking to the M&E firm that then speaking to the contractor firm that are then speaking to the main client that then might speak into another umbrella of clients um, and then when we was, we was doing colleges universities and schools it's like well we want to make the best demand possible and there was lots of different ways that we could do it, but no one wanted to hear. It's like, no, you're, you're, running at, you're running at higher cost than the other quote, Tom. And I just thought, right, that's annoying me. That just was annoying me. It didn't sit well with me um, because we could drop our prices, install a, a substandard in our eyes. It's still a good kit, but it's not what we would tend to go for. So I started to get these thoughts coming in. Oh, what am I going to do with my life? You know, quarter life crisis potentially I don't know what it was really but I decided right I've got a little bit of um, capital behind me I could diversify and could do something new and that's I did that around 30 31 and that's when I really that's when things started to change hugely for me outside of um, just think focusing on construction and looking at my mind my physical health my mental health everything because then you become I became a novice 
an apprentice again in in life it almost felt because I decided to study as a personal trainer I'd always love um, the physical uh, side of things I've played football throughout my teens and 20s I'm still playing football now but not to the level I used to I used to and then, and then I was really interested in nutrition so I started to look at these different elements a, a holistic approach to looking after our physical health and I set up a, a a small business on the side just doing personal training whilst running the, the, the electrical and renewable company. Shouldn't have done that, it's too much pressure, but I wasn't I wasn't seeing it as that at the time. Um, certain certain things were not triggering as well in the new endeavours that I was going for. And I felt I could start now I, I everything I talk about now is obviously I've got hindsight and reflection. It's a it's a beautiful mm. thing whilst at the same time it's a painful yeah. thing. But I, I knew back then I was thinking, God, I'm, I'm like the novice in everything. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I'd go back to solar and, and electrics because like build me up again. I know what I'm doing here. I'm a specialist here. I know everything about what I'm doing. Um, and then all throughout all of that, life was happening. You know, it wasn't just that. There was lots of stuff happening through life. My, my partner at the time, um, our relationship was coming towards... Um, an end and it wasn't nice in the slightest fairly normal I suppose anyone that's listened to that has, has potentially experienced heartbreak or um, or some form of um, if they haven't then that's amazing but if not we all can that's something we can all resonate with and I try and whenever I'm doing these talks we can all resonate with something um, that we can all experience it's a shared uh, experience yeah. that happened then financially things for the first time in my whole life didn't look as rosy uh, as they used to, and I was really not prepared for that in the slightest. Mm. Um, from a from a mental perspective, and just I'd always been smart with money, but to not, I started to get a bit wild with it, and then didn't have as much. And I was like, well, this is really quite worrying. And then I lost because of the relationship breakdown. I had to move back to my parents as well. So you can imagine these three finances, partnership, and uh, living accommodation. Pretty big things on a pillar of, yeah. of stability in in life. At least three of them are dropped. My health was okay, but the other three, so the table's gone like that. If you've got it on four yeah. skills, yeah. um, and then that's when it really started to escalate. Uh, everything really started to escalate. My self-esteem. So I'm going to probably be able to articulate it well because I've gone through the last five years understanding, and which is what my business is all about now. My emotional vocabulary is stronger. I can say I was overwhelmed. I felt low self-esteem, inadequacy, all of these different emotions which were leading back to fear, anxiety, which are things we know. We know how to be scared and we know when we feel itchy and anxious, but we don't know necessarily why or we do, but don't explore it. So these are the, these are all the pieces that was firing off in my head. Um, then I had anger as well because I felt resentment to a few things that had happened, not just in the construction world, but also in the new endeavours. I'm quite trusting open honest individual and when it's not reciprocated it can get you down can't it you can get a bit bitter yeah. and, and, and yeah. frustrated through it so there was anger lying in there as well um but even then i paid it not no mind but i just thought it's just the way that the things are my life's changing and you just gotta you know deal with that you'll get through it You'll get through it. It's fine. I wouldn't. I don't need to go and speak to the NHS yet. I don't need to speak to the GP yet. I don't need to ring a crisis number because I've made these choices and this is just life. 
unfolding for me. Well, that didn't work because I started getting a lot, lot worse, a lot worse. Suicidal ideations, the fantasies of, of, of thinking about suicide become so ingrained in my mind when I've walked to work or just about hurting myself. The, the amount of times I put my foot out in in the idea of getting hit by the bus, I break my leg. Because if I broke my leg, I can go, I can go home and I can lay up for three, six weeks, whatever it takes. Or I might be six weeks to heal a broken leg might be a bit <laughs> a bit um, a bit over overzealous on my part. But I was thinking maybe I could just relax and just nothing would bother me anymore because I'd just be there, broken legs, and everyone would could sympathise with me. Mm. That wasn't great. That kept escalating. I have a lot of journal uh, notes about that. Uh, in the end, I did ring the GP. I was speaking. I started to speak to a therapist, and I found it quite. I found it quite supportive. It took ages to get through to the GP, which is another thing why we do what we do now. Um, yeah. I did find the therapy quite supportive, but I don't have too many, you know, past traumas. Um, had a fairly decent upbringing, I know, and and I tell you that's another reason. Like when when people don't when people don't associate their past with being a problem, or it's not as bad as others, I feel like there's a there's a large population that don't reach out because oh I'm not as bad as someone else, and that's a real big kicker. I I've certainly experienced it. I thought you know, I don't want to clog up the NHS. You know, I've I've got a roof over my head. You know, I can live with my parents. I'm not. And it's it's a terrible mindset to have because if you need support, you just get it. You just go and get it. Yeah. And um, it got a lot worse before it got any better. But I carried on doing the conversations. I couldn't. I just couldn't see a way forward. Even with the chats I was having, I was like, "Well, we're going over." And therapy and coaching, they they, they sit differently. We'll, we will go through that, I'm sure. But I was like, "Well, I know I'm not. I've not got this." problem I got that problem yeah I'm scarred a little bit from work but you know that's fairly fairly straightforward business deals go awry they don't always work out and so by the time one of the things that I was doing just completely fell uh, fell apart it was like well I know how to make money I can go back and be an electrician so I went and, and was back on the tools but so I was on rung 10 when I left the industry and now I'm on rung 9 I spent two years sort of just loosely inside the industry, but not working for clients directly. All my relationships, um, whilst I've got them back now in terms of their strong communication relationships, I couldn't go and just say, can we do some work again for you? Things move on over two years. So I had to just be electrician again, no one working for me. And I thought this would be fine. But my negative self-talk was horrible, horrible. Yeah. I'll let you're a failure, mate. You don't know what you're doing. And that, and. That was what was getting worse is then I was just, I was almost, I felt like I was talking bad about electricians and talking bad about anyone on construction. It's fine to go and earn a decent living and a wage doing what I was doing. I was like, I'm putting power through this building. Like it's, it's, all, it's all what I've always loved. But because my mind was working so aggressively against me, it, it was just... Every day I'd wake up thinking, I just don't, I can't be bothered with the fire. I can't be bothered with the fire. Yeah. And then um, I became short-fused and then really, really um, withdrawn, fully withdrawn. So I won't speak to parents. I won't speak to my, my sister who's really close to me, for that family, my girlfriend at the time. So withdrawn. 
I was making sure all the work that I was picking out on site was where I'd be completely on my own. And then the, the, the big, the big moment where I think what I like to look at it from a more holistic side of things is I think my subconscious was telling me stop and get support properly and go for this. Don't just keep ignoring it. I had a huge panic attack on site and I drilled through my hand. Um, yeah. That brought me back into the present. You couldn't think of anything else other than this has got a hole in it and it's bleeding. So got sent home. Another experience of that was the people on site found it extremely difficult to deal with me at the time. An injury is is standard. People, no, it's not standard, sorry. Anyone listening, injuries in the industry aren't standard. But if you do get an injury, it's fairly, we follow the, the, the processes. Now, this didn't hurt... Yeah. A physical injury. Yeah, we know what the physical injury. Now, this didn't hurt like, oh my god, oh, it was throbbing. It was it was a really clean, brand new drill bit that went straight through, and it was designed to cut metal, so it go through flesh like no problem. So it didn't hurt. It was just bleeding. But I was crying, and they didn't know. I, I knew I was crying. I couldn't tell them. Oh, I've just had a panic attack. I'm riddled with anxiety. I'm suicidal. I couldn't say it, but I wanted to hide it, and I couldn't hide the tears. So they're. They was trying to joke about it, oh, you check the drills all right, all the normal stuff you might do to a six-year-old to make them feel a bit better, like let's, let's tap the drill. One of the PMs there, the project managers there, he was a bit, he was around my age and I think he sensed something and he said, you're going to be right getting home. And I was just like, I'm going home, I don't care if I'm not, no one's taking me home, I'm going home. Um, probably shouldn't because all the way there, all the way home I was thinking about um, you know, jumping in front of the train, this is embarrassing, I've done, like, it's got to the worst. Anyway, my girlfriend pulled me out of um, that hole when she met me at the hospital. Got signed off work, uh, stress and all those parts. And then I just, I vowed not to go back on site until I knew what was going on really, um, to a deeper level. And that's when I started to try and unwind why I've got to here, what's happening. And a lot of it was just, a lot of it was ego driven, subconscious negative self-talk uh, that are just you say it along and it, it goes both both ways positive negative you say something long enough you will become it it's as simple as that and i've become mm. this self-loathing self low self-esteem worthless withdrawn individual um mm. and i just i just associate all my life's challenges as my problem and my fault when you know really certain interactions weren't my fault and it could be my problem but i could see them as an opportunity just a, a reframing um process needed to take place now i went through the G the nhs with cbt cognitive behavioral therapy and it was all done online which is something i'm a little bit i have a little bit of a I'm not that fond of doing lots of online training. I didn't get to speak to anybody. It was just like, I'll mm. go on that. And to be honest, it was the worst thing was it, it made me feel motivated for a couple of weeks and then it stopped. And then that was even more of a, um, a negative feedback loop that I was getting. Oh, look, I can't even complete this. Um, then I started to really look at CBT and what I was trying to do. I'm reframing. I'm looking at the reframing of, of this situation. Yeah, that does make sense. But I wanted, I'm quite a, an in-depth person. My personality trait is logician, so I'm always looking for the logical processes of things and started looking at how that could be looked at in an even deeper level um, from the psychology perspective and psycho and, and psychoanalysis 
that's really that's quite a long-winded process to learn everything. So I ended up picking up something that was called um, NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it was the study, it really, it was mainly dealt around sales, but it was the study of excellence. And then off of the back of it being a, a sales thing, coaches and trainers have really peeled back so many other the layers. And it's really about personal development and, and improving that subconscious communication with with you and once I started looking at it, I thought, this is this is this was giving me a bit of an, a, a, a bit of light inside me I, was like, I could learn this thinking that I could learn this to help others not I could learn this to help myself it was it was still about I just was going to ignore myself and um, I started looking into it and I, I decided to study and I, I became a, a, an NLP coach that you've got um, a master level so I trained in that that helped me but it still was I still wasn't the scars were still there, or the wounds, sorry, were still there. And I was still working on elements of what had really happened over these. At that time, so it's 31 when I started the cycles of well, 30, but 31 it got intense because I was trying new things. It was around 33 that it got really bad, and then I started learning, and I'm 36 now. I feel like I'm on the, on the other side completely. I don't know, but I'm on the other side completely. And... Um, yeah, through all of the training and the, the studying, I realised that I could, if, I, if you're willing to look back at what's happened in your past and use it, instead of just keep going over it and use it as a platform to move forward, it's fantastic. And then you can use other te um, techniques and coaching practices and principles that can take you from where you are today to where you want to be further forward. So, you know, future proofing and future planning. And I explained some of the talks when when there was a bit of a, a an aha moment and I was getting it it felt like you know when you, you can be in the shower and the steam's on the mirror you can't see you can't see your face well when during my darkest times I kept trying to see like what rub it and it just stays steamy and then as the veil was starting to lift you could see your face again and you could see facial expressions you could see oh maybe and then the mirror turned into a window out to where you want to go and all of a sudden, there looked like there was a future. I thought, oh, this is great. This is really, um, this is really working. And I just kept going with it, studying it. I studied it to just know myself, not to do it on others. I just studied it to know myself. And like NLP courses, I, I recommend to anyone that just wants to know a bit more about their um, subconscious ways and how we can, um, yeah, get into so many different states of, of feeling and being and believing. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably where, and that's where I'm at to now. And off the back of all of that, it's got me to you know being on podcasts about construction, mental fitness, and mental health, because the things I've learned, being you know a, a, a guy that wants to lead by example and help as much as I can. Previously, it was trying to help the planet with sustainability uh, issues. Now it's helping the individual with their mental fitness issues or mental fitness potential, I suppose. And that's where it's brought me to, to um, unpacking mm. and building this business. That's brilliant. I mean, thank you ever so much for sharing that story. And, um, you know, there's a lot in there as well that even on a, on a lower scale that my myself in throughout 2021 certainly has gone through uh, sort of mental health issues and uh, receiving sort of therapy for it. And uh, very much like yourself, you know, I put it off and put it off and put it off until really it was getting manifesting it in physical 
uh, side effects that I couldn't no longer sort of really ignore, you know, sleepless nights and panic attacks and things like that. And um, I'm still really sort of caged about talking to people about that. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's something around the environment of the construction industry because it's, as you've highlighted, it's not just one thing. It's not just work. It's a lot of other things that was going on um, uh, in, in, in your life at that period of time. Mm. Um, but work, obviously, and, and working in the construction industry that has a certain type of environment that um, this story is um, far too common, I think. Um, is, is that your understanding? Is that what you have experienced in terms of uh, how you got started with B-Meta? Yeah, I think the story, hopefully the story of, of the severe, <clears throat> severe challenges are, are uncommon, although statistics say they probably aren't. But what you're saying there with <laughs> life happens outside of work. A whole load of other things happen outside of work and we for some reason in this specific industry I feel we forget that it's like once you go through the turnstile you've done your thumbprint or you've done your facial recognition oh you only work you don't have a family that you've got to provide for you don't have a mum who might be in hospital you don't have any problems you just you're here to do your job and then you go home and I think because of that fencing of, of that's all you can do there's like no space to or scope to talk about you know I'm feeling a bit shit I was like no just talk about the football the results and where we're going on Friday for a beer and what you got for lunch like and maybe maybe what you've done at the gym maybe I want to hear about your fitness endeavours anything else no that's not it mate that's not for us and I think that's what it's got that's that's where we're at with it um, mm. and it's no no other industry is, is really like that you know you can be closed off we speak about it all the time in our workshops we're not saying to people just open up and, and unpack everything because no one, even the best psychologist, is ready to deal with absolutely everything chronologically in that immediate. It's just building a culture where we understand and appreciate that your mate Jack or your PM Sally might be suffering in, in some way and it's her suffering or his suffering or his challenge and her challenge and they don't want to talk about it but they just want to know that you have some compassion about it because you experience it as well. So that's that's the problem I think we've had in, in the construction industry. I'm quite an open person, but I got to the point where I didn't want to share any of any of what I was going through. It was embarrassing. It felt embarrassing. Yeah. And every time I talked to people, they're all like nodding, yeah, I've experienced that. It's like, well, we can all be embarrassed together or we can all be... Why don't talk about it? Yeah, or we can all be uh, empowered together to work on it. That's the difference because some people are embarrassed that they can't do a, a 100 kg squat, but they're going to go and keep trying and trying and trying. And then saying, oh, just not, I can't hit it with my PT. So you, you're happy with your, your legs not being strong enough. But if your life's getting a bit challenging, why don't you just admit it and get stronger at, at finding ways to deal with it? Because otherwise, if you keep ignoring it, it won't go away. It's probably just going to get a lot, lot worse. Absolutely, yeah. So in your time then, you've been working on your company, Meta. Um, what is it that you do as an organisation in terms of you, you, you speak to contractors, you speak to construction organisations? What, what, what would you do on a sort of a typical day and how is that helping the construction industry? Yeah, good question. So Bimeta as, as a business is providing tools, techniques, knowledge and wisdom on what it means to become more mentally fit, which will then improve your mental health. And the way we deliver that is through three three different silos. 
The third one is, is just in its beta phase because we've seen, we've only been going 18 months, we've seen the pain points on the sites. So the first option model is one-to-one -one coaching where we uh, allow access to our Bimeta coaches either via an online um, booking form and you get, like what we're having an interaction here, you'd have a group, a one-to-one -one coaching session. So companies would pay for that and then you would get 10 sessions on a day, on a day, on a said day. We've noticed that the communication and mar I don't like marketing when it's this type of work. We have to market it and tell, tell you what we're doing. But people just are so far away from having a chat with somebody still. So that's fine. We understood that. What we've done alongside that is we, did a, we do a mental fitness training course where we do six weeks of um, one week after the other. It's 45 minutes in a room. We see upwards of 45 people per session. But they run through a whole six weeks because... Nothing's a one and done when it comes to anything, physical or mental health. It's, you just can't do a one and done. It has to be repetition breeds consistency, practice makes permanent, all of these different things we speak about. So we thought that no, you go for a real training session. And the way I explain a training session is you and your mates might go to a boot camp every Saturday. And by that time, you become, after six, seven weeks, you become fairly well versed in whatever that boot camp's um, speciality is, be it CrossFit or strength training or cardio type work. And then you feel comfortable enough to go and often do some bits yourself in the gym, wherever it is. Or you feel like, I want to go that next level and I want to get a personal trainer in that specific um, mm -hmm. protocol or training regime you're doing because you've done the boot camps. So our mental fitness training courses is like a boot camp for your mind. You come in, you learn about what mental health is and understanding of it. From our perspective, from a mental fitness perspective, we talk about self-knowledge because you can't move any further forward unless you have an understanding of yourself. And then we look at goal setting and next steps and moving forward. So by that time, we've taken a whole group of people through a, a process which, not just the construction industry, most other industries don't see what we're doing because it's, we believe it's fairly new what we're doing. Mm. But then they really feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm being spoken to in a different way. It's a new language. It's a new understanding, and okay, I feel more confident that I'm going to go and speak to my GP or ring the therapist or start my diet or start this because I feel like my mental fitness will be stronger if I do, which means my mental health will be better if I do because fitness and health are completely different. You work on your fitness to improve your health. So that's that. And then the final model, which I'd like to get in, into this piece, is because this is what we're going to be launching this year. It's currently in beta testing with um, a couple of trial companies. We've realized that the coaching is still, we're quite far away from the narrative being the right one that people can understand. It's fine to go and talk to a personal trainer for your mind. Getting people into rooms off of a construction site who either work on price or they're bang up against deadlines. Um, yeah. Companies don't necessarily want to pay for it has been a bloody hard graft over the last 12 months. Um, we've had some amazing success with two huge clients, Wilmot Dixon and Berkeley Homes, have both uh, taken on our training, our mental fitness training. But the pain points is there, time constraints, um, who do we give it out to, all these different elements. So what we've done is we've, we've consolidated all of our work, and I did say a little bit earlier, I wasn't much about digital, um, courses and stuff, not, not, not digital courses, but digital tech where it's an app sort of thing. But we've put our coaching 
program into a course where me and my co-founder Mason, who's also head of coaching, we deliver a live in a course format in three modules. But we also, the big bonus for what we deliver and we think will stand out as an industry, um, well, it is an industry first, but also as, a, as something that really drives change, is with every module, we have a live coaching session available every Tuesday for the whole year of the subscription. So you get to access at any time, well, specifically on Tuesday, to come in, have a drop-in and hear me and Mace live discussing what we're going through. We have a Q&A in there. Um, if the questions aren't what you want to talk about, come to the next week's one. So you're coming to that live boot camp every week and it becomes more familiar and more familiar. And because we've got three modules that we run, every Tuesday is that live boot camp, every Wednesday is the, the module two boot camp, and every Thursday is the module three boot camp. So we're getting people from sites, they can dial in on their phone, they can have it in their earpods, ear, earbuds, whatever they got, they can just hear something. And if it spikes some interest, so if we're working on that site that we've got, we'll have access to our codes and, and our emails so they can get in touch. And we're really there, not just signposting out, um, we might get onto what I think mental health is where it's failed so far, but not just signposting out, it's like, hang on, can I go and do that? Hold on, do you, do, do you guys do that? Or are you bringing this out? Because we've got other stuff that comes into the course as well. Mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a, we've called it a training hub. And in that training hub, you've got our, our, our turnkey coaching training support, our one-to-one -one coaching if you want to pay for, it, for that as an individual. And also we'll be dropping in, we've got stuff dropping actually i'm not going to say oh no i say it that doesn't matter <laughs> you always wonder like are anyone else listening does anyone else want to do this but fit financial fitness because it's huge in the industry um self self-employed no one no one gets taught how to look after money in that industry yeah. um physical um fitness nutritional fitness and a few other bits like meditation little little buffers that can support your mental fitness essentially uh, that we, we, we're bringing in other mm -hmm. course content as well which will all be free of charge within the subscription model so, so it's basically becoming almost like we said it sometimes in the meetings in a in a internal meetings like we'll be hr for all the elect, elect, um construction self-employed people and yeah. uh, as well as all the direct labor like you've got hr that normally look after the business and they got to look after the people but we're we're solely there for the people and the mindset of that yeah. of, of each individual yeah yeah yeah, no, I mean, that's really brilliant. And um, a podcast that I had not so long ago, I did specifically about sort of positive intelligence and mental fitness. Mm. And I did a seven week boot camp on, on sort of mental fitness. And it was, I would go as far as to say it literally has changed my life. Um, I'm <laughs> certainly much more mentally fit now. Um, and, and, but it, it's, it's definitely like you said, that a good boot camp gets you the tools that you need, but then it's consistency and keeping up with it, which is the key. Yeah. And what I've come, what I believe out of the back of that. So my mission as leadership in construction is to improve the leadership within construction industry so that everybody feels empowered, works in a safe psychologically and physical environment so that they can come to work, come to the industry and bring their absolute best and thrive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on a mission to improve the leadership within our industry. And um, I only think that you, we can do that, we can achieve that when everybody has better mental fitness mm. and really um, psychological fitness, but that they can really just perform at the best, be successful and be happy. What's the mission of Be Meta then? What's your mission in terms of trying to 
help the construction industry in this space? The mission, the, the, the mission at Bimeti is to make mental health a positive conversation because nothing will move forward unless it's, unless it's in the positive. If you, if you think ne negative things, we don't like to label things as positive and negative, especially when it comes to emotions, thoughts and feelings. They're desired and undesired. Because if you start saying, oh, I'm in a negative mood, it's like I'm in an undesired mood. Oh, what does it look like to be in a desired mood? And it, so we, we, if we can get the word positive wrapped around the words mental health, then I and we achieve that mission, then the industry will change. It can't not. Because even now, you say, oh yeah, I've got this mental health, like, and they don't understand what mental health is. And we, our first module is understanding mental health. Because I don't know if your listeners, what, what words come to mind when they say, when you say mental health, it tends to be the anxiety. It tends to be everything I spoke about at the top of the, of the yeah. podcast. They're, they're components, 100%. They sit under the umbrella term mental health. That they don't talk about focus, engagement, productivity, motivation, which are all other components of my mental health in action at any time. So we go through that with the course, and that's what the mission is. If you if we have that make mental health positive conversation, every conversation outside of that bit becomes something that we can look forward to. Because if it's a positive conversation, if you go into a meeting and then you're well behind, you're well behind on every bit of program. Right, that's a really negative start. Where do you want me to go from here? Yeah. There's an apology, yeah. and I'll go, look, some of these bits aren't going great. This is what you're doing great. Maybe we can stop there. You'll find, you can find a solution that's more positive and forward-thinking in anything. Otherwise, what's the, where are we going? Where are we going? Really? Yeah. So the mission is that, and then obviously the vision is to make the individual mentally fitter so the industry is mentally healthier. That's basically our vision. If we make mentally fit individuals, we're going to create a mentally healthy industry. It's very, very simple. I mean, the work we do is not simple, but the, the ideas behind it. So we've got a, the mission is to make it a positive conversation. The vision is we will have mentally fit individuals and a mentally healthy industry. Well, I don't think oh, that's what gets me out of bed and I love it, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's unattainable because other other Industries are getting it, not, well, they're getting it right, but other industries have got that, not every industry. We work in a couple, because we, when we started, we tried to speak to everybody, and if you work in building businesses, you speak to nobody when you try and do that. So when we started, it, we thought, God, it's quite, it's quite serious in these industries. We've got finance and insurance, to, to name the industries. We've got coaching systems working in there. But my heart and soul is in construction, because I've lived and breathed it for so long. My, Dad did, and my, my brother-in-law did, and I've got nephews who, if they did, I'd want them to be a, be a mentally fit individual and work in a mentally yeah. healthy industry. And, um, yeah, so that, that's the mission and the vision and the goal that we can create. Mm. Well, that's a fantastic mission, and I think I absolutely think you'll achieve it, um, and, and, and that yeah, even ourselves collectively, with everybody else behind us, will get to a... a, a an, a position where the construction industry is hugely improved um, for for people to want to come into our industry, and then when they come in here, they feel su supported and they can thrive, and we have a much better industry for it. And I think that will happen for sure. And I think it will happen if you're doing some of your work as what your your work is is just as valid because at the moment we're working on this projects and leaders leadership teams 
there is a feeling that I have, and I'm pretty good with my feelings now, I'm quite in touch with them after the history I've got, and my, my co-founder Mason is 100% good with feelings, is that they feel they don't need it. As like, oh, that's for the, the lower management and the, and I'm massively generalizing 100% and I'll be the first to admit that. But you do get this air of, um, this feeling of there's an air of like, superiority and mental health is on point when actually I was at the top of the tree and it's even more stressful because you've got to worry about all of these not not pulling rank as well so it your part on doing leadership and making sure everybody's getting an understanding that this is really holistic and it's there's a whole approach an overall approach that we all need to take and that's why we've made our training and our coaching it's person-centered not profession-centered, not position-centered. It's that individual, the person. Everything else goes out the window. Yeah, you, yeah. we can look at your stresses are from what you do, but it's still how you're going to manage it as you as a person. Yeah. So person, not absolutely. profession or position. Simple as that. Really. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm really pleased that you touched on that because that's where I was going with it. You know, um, what's been the the uptake of it for from from leaders' perspective? You know, leaders of organisations oh. um, like Wilmot Dixon, like you like you mentioned earlier. Um, mm. What has their feel about it been? They've got their fingers on the pulse. Pulse, and one thing, I think I think construction is actually in a really good place uh, if if it's willing to keep pushing the way I see it. It seems to be pushing, as long as it gets it right, because you can get things catastrophically wrong in, in, when it comes to this stuff, mm. well, it comes to anything, can't you? The two companies we work for so far, I can see they've got a real ambition to make a difference in this. I can see mm. even just, I used to have apprentices working in our business and we'd bring apprentices up and you think, yeah, we're working, we're doing good. I can see these companies, they bring apprentices through not just university educated people they're bringing in other types of um qualifications and backgrounds they're bringing these people through i think there's a desire here to make a difference so we've got to just get the languages the language right unfortunately it's entrenched in a clinical and reactive type of conversation and what i mean by that is the typical mental health conversation is clinical and it is reactive it only focuses on the ill elements or the poor mental health elements which you know they need just as much attention but because it's all about first aid and, and call us a crisis or do this if you're struggling it's not about because you're not struggling do this and do that so when challenges arrive because they will you won't struggle as heavily mm. that's the complete so you've got to we've got to like completely change the narrative so it's just as many companies that are willing to do that but i do see it from the companies we're working for it's just that how that's good People don't give themselves the long enough timeline. We don't do it when it's individuals setting their own goals. Go, oh, that's probably a bit ambitious. And they don't do it on buildings. You know, these buildings take six years, some of them, to go on, well, much longer than six. But there's a six-year time frame. And I said this in a pitch with Berkeley. I said, this six weeks won't change anything. Six months, you might start having a real different conversation. Six years, I'd rather come and work on a mental fitness first site than someone who has no care for their people. And all of a sudden, people want to come work. Six years down the line, that's yeah. not far. That's two of their buildings going up. So exactly, yeah. it's giving themselves the time horizon that makes good sense 
and go right yeah that's that's what we're in it we're in it to win it now absolutely it does make a huge amount of good business sense because it just it, you know the more that you invest in your people and look after and care for your people that the your that, um, business is attracted yes people are attracted to that business and and then clients are attracted to that business so yeah. you're more likely to win projects so it does make huge amounts of business sense well, so tom look i mean sorry, you and i well, could, could, well, could keep going on there's on one the thing on the top of that though michael the um i went to a trade show a big one the the, the building one in, in Birmingham. one of the biggest things that i know is an issue one of the major challenges in construction is is bringing in top skilled labor top we're just not attracting the demand is huge but the the pool of quality is is tiny if you make it an attractive industry that's mentally fit and mentally healthy why wouldn't you want to go and get involved absolutely yeah yeah absolutely 100 true and um that's what i'd like to do i'd like to see sort of more organizations completely value and people central as opposed to profit and other Mm. random matrices centered so uh, and i'm sure we'll see that change in the industry and i'm sure it, and, it, and it's coming and it, you're right it's years I, this is a mission that i'm on and i'm sure you're the same that um i will die trying to change this industry and it's not a six month and it'll be fine mm. it's years and it's consistency and it's keep going with it um so i think we're on a similar sort of path there and I, you know i think that it will you will go far and it and it will go far um, and uh, do you know, Tom, this is a subject that, you know, you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours about. Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't got hours and hours and hours. So I do need to unfortunately <laughs> bring this podcast to a close. There's one last question I want to ask you. Um, but before I do, I just want to say a huge thank you for agreeing to be on the show. I think everything that you're doing is fantastic. And if uh, the listeners and viewers haven't already, um, what, you know, I think the best place to probably find you is probably LinkedIn. Is that correct? Yeah. Get, get, so. Connected with you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And the, and the organization's called B Meta. So I think, you know, look these people up, get in contact with them and, and, and see how they can impact in your industry. Um, so Tom, the last question I have for you is, what do you think is the most important aspect of being a leader? To lead by example and to practice what you preach. That's how I roll um, with my leadership. I won't do anything. I won't ask anyone to do anything that I haven't either explored myself or would be willing to do myself. And it feeds in so nicely to what I'm doing now. And all my all my old guys, they would have said, you know, I'd be the first to jump on the roof. I'd be the first to go down and say it's gone. I would never shy behind anything in that respect. And now it's it really is leading from the front when it comes to opening up, being honest, and accepting that life is challenging and we can we can deal with those challenges better if we we've got a little bit better support from ourselves and from the people around us. That's brilliant. Tom, thank you ever so much. For thank you. And, uh, and I look forward to watching your yourself and your organisation grow. Lovely. Yeah, it's been great to talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.